You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, ladies, are you ready? Yay! Um, tonight, um, well, we're just waiting for a few brothers. No, <laughs> but we love you. <laughs> Um, well, tonight I wanted to, um, I'm honored actually to be able to share about trusting God in relationships. Ooh, it's, it's a big one. Um, Michelle and I were talking, I think it was last Friday, and the, and the Holy Spirit just worked. We're like, you know, we should really talk to the women about trusting. Oh, I promise. <laughs> we should really talk to the women about trusting God in relationships. Um, and for me, it's a huge area of my life, and I, I hope hopefully tonight you'll get a full, um, get some tools that can help you to trust God, particularly in relationships that are challenging. How about that? <laughs> okay, so how many of you have had really good relationships? I'm talking about the person just loves you. They're your best friend. I see some heads nodding. You raise your hand. They, they think the best of you. Yeah, they think the best of you when you think the worst of yourself. It's kind of like a Jane Austen novel. Like, it's really great, good relationship. Um, I mean, that's something that we all kind of dream of, that best friend, you know? So how many of you have had bad or challenging relationships? Oh, yeah. We can all relate to that. <laughs> Okay, this person doesn't believe in you. Maybe they've hurt you emotionally, maybe even physically. Maybe they've um, wounded you. You know, maybe you have had conflict. They don't think the best of you. You can never really please them. Can you guys relate? Do you have those relationships? Well, tonight we're going to solve all of those. No, <laughs> Um, we are definitely going to get to the root of how to heal from the pain of those. I think that's what, that's what I offer tonight. Um, that's what God offers tonight. So my, my lesson is short because I really want you to be able to hear from three sisters who are going to share specifically about overcoming adverse or challenging relationships. Okay, so let me get my little clicker. Sorry. <laughs> So my first point is try vigorously holding. Now, I have to share something with you. Um, I've had bad relationships in my life. Um, I'm not talking just with romantic relationships. I'm talking just relationships that were really challenging to me um, or broken. And I, have, I don't know if you guys have this little book. It's um, Max Lucado's book called God's Promises. Okay, how many of you know this? Okay, yeah. It's like a little dictionary for when you're going through hard times. So I go to the chapter on broken relationships. I go to it so often, you guys, it's falling out of my book. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then what he writes to talk about the broken relationships, the pain that he describes. Then he shares the scripture, and then he um, shares what you should pray about it. You guys know who read the book? It helps me so much, and I, I figured out why it helps me, because it, it gives me something to hold on to to deal with the pain of that broken relationship. So I want to share with you guys that this passage or this excerpt from Jerry Bridges' book, the one that we're all reading, um, it says, trust is not a passive state of mind. 
It is a vigorous act of the soul by which we choose to lay hold of the promises of God and cling to them despite the adversity that at times seeks to overwhelm us. Can you guys relate to that feeling of being overwhelmed? Particularly when you had a bad or adverse relationship? He says it's not passive. In order to overcome that, it's not a passive thing. But what does he say here? It is a vigorous act by which we choose to lay hold of the promises of God. That means we put a lot of effort into it. So if you've got challenging relationships, my first point is try vigorously holding on, not to the person to change, not to the relationship to be different, but holding on to, let's look at Luke, um, Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to what? To the hope that we profess. For he who promises faithful. And so when thinking about this lesson, I'm like, wow, how do I overcome in the area of having adverse relationships? I need to vigorously hold on to not the outcome, not the circumstances, not to the relationship becoming healed, but to the hope of the promises of God. And that enables me to heal from the pain of that negative relationship. Okay, moving on. Um, Another aspect of you know, overcoming and adverse relationships is try believing in his goodness. And I found this quote. The book is really good, you guys, right? You liking it? (laughs) I found this quote in the book, and it says, if we are going to learn to trust God in adversity, we must believe God will allow nothing to subvert his glory, so he will allow nothing to spoil the good he is working out in us and for us. Isn't that amazing? So he won't even allow it. You know, you have a bad relationship. You have something that's someone or that you feel is dragging you down. Try looking and trusting in God's goodness in that situation. You know, try believing that God is good and that he's going to work out good for you, for you in this situation. That beyond the pain of that relationship, there's something either that's going to transform you, that's going to transform them. Even having that hope helps me get through that. Can you guys relate to that? Even having that hope helps. And then in Ephesians 2, verse 20, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, he is good, and he wants good things in our lives. And he is not only devoted, I love his quote. He says, he will not allow. He won't rest until the good is wrought in your life. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> this one may shock you or you may go, okay, I can't really relate to this one. <laughs> but in thinking about how to deal with adverse relationships, I thought, you know what? I need to worship God. When I'm going through a painful situation, particularly in the area of relationships, and I love this scripture. I mean, you wouldn't think like, oh my gosh, my roommate and I just had the biggest fight. Let me go worship. Like that might not be your first reaction. You might not really want to do that, but that kind of is what we need to do. And I'll, I'll explain. And um, this quote is perfect from the book. Worship from the heart in times of adversity implies an attitude of humble acceptance on our part, on our part of God's right to do as he pleases in our lives. Hmm. So my act of worship when I'm having conflict or I have a relationship that's painful to me is my humble acceptance of that situation in my life. 
the fact that God is working out of my. Do you see how that can be so freeing? If you're trying to, to wrangle that person into understanding how much they hurt you, to understanding your pain, to giving you what you need from them, how, okay, how many people have tried to do that? Okay. How successful has that been? Okay. <laughs> right? You end up getting hurt more, right? Not that you shouldn't share your feelings with the person who's hurt you or, or give them, you know, show them how they're, they've caused pain. But when you have an adverse relationship, we need to trust God with that. I had one situation where I liked a brother. He was so cute to me. <laughs> And I really, I thought, oh, my God, we might date. We might get married. He's, like, so awesome. But then I found out he didn't like me. I know. <laughs> but it really, like, caused me a lot of pain. This is not like when someone's he wasn't trying to hurt me. He just didn't like me. But it caused me a lot of pain. And I got in the shower. And you know what I did in the shower? I mean, I took a shower, but <laughs> I took a shower. <laughs> But I, like, cried, like, one of those, like, snotty cries, like, just, like, (laughs) but then I, like, ended up in the shower, like, going, I love you, O Lord, my strength. You are just so awesome. Like, my favorite song just kind of came out of my heart. Like, I just started praising God because he's, like, my ultimate boyfriend, my ultimate husband, my ultimate relationship. And so when you do have those moments where you're, you know, you want something, you don't get it, you have a relationship that's not meeting your need, try worship. Try redirecting that to God. It might not be something you originally thought, okay, let me do that. (laughs) You're like, you go, sister, I need some help with this friendship. It's really, you might do that instead, but try worship. I think it it really helps. Um, Okay, and then lastly, how about this one? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Do I need to talk about this one at all? (laughs) I will, though. Um, In closing, try try letting go. This one's hard. Okay, how many of you have pain from the past that you're still nursing? Yep, let's talk about it. I'm going to pick you, and you tell me. I want you to tell me what it is. This sister did this to me when I was, like, five years old as a Christian. Or this person wouldn't return my, oh, they weren't there for me when I really needed them. Oh, my gosh, they, they totally left me in the lurch. Financially, they took advantage. I mean, can you guys relate? And sometimes when we nurse those things and we hold on to it, I mean, we all know it's unforgiveness, bitterness, criticalness, but it just is real. I mean, you just feel those things. So what do you do? Um, I love, love, love this quote from his book. It says, God's guidance is almost always step by step. He does not show us our life's plan all at once. Sometimes our anxiousness to know the will of God comes from a desire to peer over God's shoulders to see what his plan is. How many of you, right? What what we need to do is learn to trust him to guide us. You know, we've all heard, give God the will, Jesus take the will, but we don't live that way. (laughs) We're just like, I got this. I'm going to handle this situation. But we, you know, letting go. So let me describe that. Luke 14, 33, and Philippians um, 3, 7, <laughs> really talk about that. For whatever was to my gain, I consider lost for knowing Christ. And if you want to be his disciple, you give up everything. 
Now, how many of us are living like that? Like we're giving up everything, even our wonky emotions, you know, our attitudes towards others. Like how many of us are really living? God says we can't even be his disciple. Oh, get quiet. (laughs) But we do, we need to surrender to God and let go. Um, I just want to share briefly before the sisters come up to share. Thank you, girls, for coming up. Um, I had several crises this year in my life. Um, There was a conflict in our church on the west side, which the west side sisters know about. Maybe you guys do too. I had several financial challenges. Um, I had a lot of health challenges, so many of you know my friends know about that. I had some car challenges. I don't know. I got hit like two times in the past two years. <laughs> um, and, and my mom got Alzheimer's, which I shared about last week. Now, any of those situations on their own is like, okay, I love God. I'm like going to push through this. I got faith. But I found myself not having faith enough to go around <laughs> to all the – can you guys relate to that? Like, I just didn't have enough faith to go around to all those situations. Like, I'd have faith about this, but then I had no faith about that. And so there was, like, this deep despair and, like, heaviness and feeling like a lack of hope. And although I tried to hold unswervingly, (laughs) I was faced with, like, just wanting to fix all those situations because I couldn't stand the pain. It was, like, way too much for me to bear. And... You know, I looked at all the things, like maybe my foundation isn't firm enough. Maybe I'm not strong enough to handle all those at once. I should be. You know, that's where my mind goes to. But the bottom line is I wasn't, and I'm not. And um, I tried to fight on several fronts, and then I got tired of fighting. And then I just said, you know what, I need this. This is recently. I said, I surrender and let go. And it wasn't like in despair. It was with like this little bit of hope and faith. (laughs) I was like, okay, God, please just take all of this from me. And it was so peaceful. I had been arguing and trying to convince and trying to show people (laughs) the pain of what I was going through, and nobody was able to help me, nobody but God. And not that they didn't love me or didn't care about me, but they just weren't able to. But nobody but God was able to. And then all those people I was trying to convince just, just recently over the past few days God has, like, opened up doors, <laughs> opened up opportunities. I'm like, wow, is this all I needed to do was <laughs> just to kind of let go and surrender? But sometimes, you know, we, we don't use these things when we have adverse relationships, these tools. But my hope tonight is that these will help you, um, as I share from my life and from the scriptures, will help you hold firmly to God's promises, even in the face of adversity and relationships. So that's all for me. And um, right now, we have three uh, wonderful sisters. And the story behind this is we just had lunch on Sunday, and we start talking about the same thing me and Michelle had just been talking about. So I'm like, hmm, maybe you guys should share at the lesson. <laughs> so Joanna is going to share first, then Shireen, and then Mari. So let's give them our attention. Thank you, guys. My name is Joanna, and I am going to share a little bit about my 
relationship with my mom and kind of open my heart a little bit to you guys. And um, so my mom, she's beautiful, amazing, hardworking, um, fun. My mom is all of those things. And um, growing up with her, well, I have to give a little bit of background. Um, my mom and my dad got married very young. And um, so they, they took a break. They're like, this parenting thing is like not really for us. We're just going to go and continue to have some fun. But they did, they did take a break. And um, I was mostly with mom. And when I was with mom, um, there was a couple of other men that I was like, oh, that's not my dad. <laughs> like, oh, no, not that one either. <laughs> and so I think, um, you know, just growing up and just wondering, oh, these, these, these men really treat my mom kind of nice. Like, and, um, and I, I would, I would just hang out, not really a part of their date or, or whatever they were doing. And, um, so, you know, this, this went on for about, about six, six years or so. So I'm, I'm seven years old and, you know, people are knocking at the door and they're like, um, excuse me, is, um, is it, is it, is there any other guy here? Like Joanna, I'm seven. Like, uh, my mom said, no, okay, no, there's no other guy here. There's no one. (laughs) There's only my mom and us. That's it. Um, and knowing that, you know, when, when our relatives would come over, that there was a man in my bedroom, in my closet. And I was like, hmm, there's something a little weird about that, right? And so I just, I grew up with, I would, I would say that was a really hard relationship, you know, growing up with my mom and just understanding, like, you know, why things had to be the way they were and the choices that she had to make. Um, and so in that has kind of shaped me and, you know, in the way that I view men and relationships and distorted this whole thing called marriage. And, um, and so, you know, it's a work in progress. Um, there are times where I've really poured out my heart, I don't understand, you know, I don't get it. Um, and, you know, and there's times where my mom has just had a blank face. You know, no feelings, no emotions, no heart. And and I just thought, God, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I really want to connect with my mom, but I can't connect with her. Cause she just doesn't want to talk about anything. And so I started to, you know, look more in, in the parable or the story of the adulterous woman. And I got to see, like, wow, this Jesus, like, he's, like, standing up for her. Like, she's, like queen of damage <laughs> like you know like what's his deal like why does he love her so much like why does she matter like you know like I was think- I had a really hard time you know kind of um integrating that in my life and um so you know then when I realized like no like Jesus you know he this woman is very special because through the through her example of yes damage brokenness like all these things like he uh, chose her to teach us that you know he is going to stand up for us that he is going to forgive us that he is going to love us and um, I think you know um, when I would talk to my mom about church things like that she was like um 
you know, I remember when Thanksgiving, she said, Joanna, have you been praying to your God? I said, yes, Mom, I have been praying for you. She's like, well, hon, I don't think it's working. Like, it's not working. You're praying to your God. He's not listening. I said, okay, Mom, well, I think he is listening, Mom. I think the one that's not listening is probably you. (laughs) And so, you know, I just, I, I thought about that and, you know, and I felt like, oh, you know, my mom, she can be very like, do not say that I'm crazy. Do not say that, I, you know, she's very like, I am perfect and I'm fun. And, you know, and so I felt like kind of great just seeing that. And um, so fast forward, um, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, she's like, you know, uh, showed up at church, didn't even tell me she was going to the Spanish service somewhere. And then I get a text from a sister, like, are you coming to church? Uh, your family's here. Oh, Spanish service. Yes, I'm coming right now. Um, but, you know, she was there, and, and even the woman there sharing was sharing about her uh, adulterous, you know, experiences. And I just thought, I have witnessed perfection. Like, <laughs> I thought, this is what perfect timing in the Bible looks like. Um, so uh, I think, you know, of course, um, when it comes to the idea of marriage, even now in my personal life, I'm like, uh, run away. <sighs> like, you know, this is really hard. This is, but I think um, I have found strength and, and faith in God that um, I will identify my adulterous woman tendencies and I will prioritize them, prioritize my fears, write them down. And look to the Bible and look to God and pray through those temptations. And, you know, just like he will stand up for me, he'll stand up for my mom, and he'll stand up for you. So, thank you. Hi, everyone. Get my time stopwatch going. I want to keep going on and on. Um, Okay, so I'm here to talk about um, how I have to learn to trust in God when it comes to him bringing me a husband, a man, boyfriend, a date. uh, (laughs) But but I I definitely... um, I have a lot of um, physical injuries, as some of you might know, and um, I feel like I would definitely need a man that's going to be very caring. I feel like maybe someone in the medical field that <laughs> that knows how to give massages and <laughs> you know physical therapy <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but I definitely feel like. <laughs> Um, someone that, you know, I feel like when I, if I was to get older and just get sick and just really need, um, that comfort and that, um, and just somebody there to really take care of me, um, I trust, it's hard sometimes, but I do trust that God will bring me that man because I know that he knows my deepest desires and he knows, um, what I need physically and emotionally and spiritually. And so um, I definitely, you know, it's part of my prayer when I pray about a man, somebody that's going to be caring and loving and and a caretaker. Um, so I just, um, 
it's hard when you're alone and you're, you know, you're getting older and you feel like, okay, you know, what's going on? (laughs) Still waiting. (laughs) But at the end, I feel like, um, you know, God is just making me right for that man. And he's preparing that man, (laughs) you know, whether he's putting him through med school or (laughs) whatever it is, he's preparing him (laughs) for me. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) My time's up. (laughs) Thanks for encouraging me, you guys. Thank you. Um, There are many reasons why I have two copies of the book that we're reading, Trusting God Even When Light Hurts. The first copy I used so much that it started falling apart because I have such a struggle with trusting God. And I have another copy, and I love this book so much. But um, one of the scriptures that I thought of for this lesson, um, let me read it to you. It's in James 1. It says, the testing of your faith. The testing of of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete let perseverance finish its work so you may be pure and complete not lacking in anything that is challenging when you think of the tests you know I'm 52 years old. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I've been a disciple for 21 years. I got baptized in Manhattan, New York. And before I became a disciple, I was an addict. I did every single drug you can possibly think of for 15, 16 years. But when I became a disciple, God allowed me to be in the chemical recovery program. And I graduated learning how to deal with life sober and to help other women and men that have that same challenge. Before I was a disciple, I was beaten till my eyes were swollen shut and raped. God allowed me to become a disciple and go through the sexual abuse ministry. And it's the sexual abuse ministry that helped me to deal with forgiving my attacker and also helping other women who also had abuse challenges. So when I think of relationships, there are many relationships you could be in. But the common factor in all my relationships is me and all my dysfunctions and all my challenges and all my trials So through all of this, I feel that God knows what he's doing in my life. I may not know what's going on, but God knows what's going on, right? Even after I became a disciple, I had the privilege of taking care of my terminally ill parents at home for seven years. Between the two of them, they had Alzheimer's, kidney failure, open-heart surgeries, And my mom had to have a mastectomy. When my mother had her breast removed, I realized 
that I had to take care of more than just their physical ailments, but I had to take care of them emotionally too. God gave me that opportunity to train me how to fully give of myself to someone else, to serve someone else fully. And also what I learned in the grief recovery ministry here is that it is invaluable to deal with yourself. So you can be in a good relationship with anybody. It can be hard to trust God through life's tests, but I believe that God knows what he's doing. And guiding us all to become mature and complete, like the Bible says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. All this is from God, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we, yes, we, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. I've learned a lot from the married sisters as well. God is willing to bring a brother into our lives who won't be overwhelmed with the things in our lives that we see as baggage or issues, right? He will love, he will love me regardless of my baggage, which doesn't mean I don't need to work on my baggage, right? <laughs> Hello. But <laughs> I've heard some sisters say, why is God waiting so long to give me a husband? Have you guys heard that? Then they say, is it me? Am I not skinny enough? Is my hair not long enough? And I'm not talking smack about the sisters with a weave, okay? I'm just saying that I've heard some sisters say that they're not enough. I'm talking about our trust in God, right? My discipling partner, one of my old discipling partners, she had big, huge, black, raised birthmarks on her body, all on her back, her shoulders, and her arms. She did her best, because she was insecure about them, to cover them. She always, always covered them. And understandably, she worried if there would ever be a brother that would find her attractive. But she did go steady. She did get engaged. And before she got married, a week before, you know, when you have the talk before you get married, you know, with the brother, and you're like, ooh, we're going to have the talk. <laughs> he didn't know anything about her birthmarks, nothing about them. And he went first for the talk, and he said, I have to tell you, I have a fetish. <laughs> and she was like, a fetish? <laughs> That's kind of scary. What is that about? You know, oh my gosh. And she was like, I got to pray. What's going on? What is he going to say? And he goes, yep, I have a fetish and I just have to tell you about it. I am totally attracted to scars and birthmarks. I think they're sexy, he said. I mean, think about that. 
that's different. And who would have thought? I mean, obviously, God prepared for her that one guy that thought her junk was sexy, okay? Therefore, you all, each one of you, you are wonderful. You are wonderfully made by God. Trust the test that he puts you through to refine yourself. If you decide to get married, the brother that God has already, already chosen for you will think that your hips are the size he's been dreaming about all his life. Right? Regardless, let the test, let the perseverance finish its work. God knows what he's doing. Thanks for letting me show. Okay, so my kids are asking me to go out of town so Mari can come babysit them again. Uh, now you can see why she's crazy, fun, real, honest, and um, I really do appreciate all of the things that you all shared um, tonight. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being real. And um, I love these passages. In fact, today Angela had sent me her um, lesson earlier on, and um, I needed the letting go passage today for me, not because I'm upset with anybody but because somebody that I really love is going through a hard time. And um, emotionally, you know, that weighs on you too. It's not only your own when you're having a hard time, but when someone you really love is going through a hard time, you know, it's hard. You want to get in. You want to fix. You want to help. You want to encourage. You want to strengthen. And sometimes the things you say really help, and it's great. And sometimes you just, you know, we don't always have the words to say, which is, means you have to wait on God, right, and trust on God to do his work in somebody else's life, just like he's doing work in your life. And so, you know, that was my thing today, um, and I'm, you know, praying, still praying about that, but I feel better now than I did earlier today. So thank you for the things you shared. Um, you know, when relationships are good and great, it's awesome, but when they're challenged, it's you know, it, it just affects everything. And, um, you know, the question isn't if, isn't, you know, if we go through relationship challenges. We just will. And that's okay. Um, I loved what Mari had to say because at this stage in my life, I'm coming to find out that every time I get um, challenged in one of my relationships, I take that as God trying to go deeper in me. It's like, okay, Michelle, there's something else that you need to grow in. Michelle, there's something else that you need some healing in that you haven't paid attention to. So I'm going to use this as kind of like a splinter or something. I'm going to use this situation in your life to help you get closer to me so I can heal you. And that's how I've, that's how I've learned to look at these challenges. So when they come, instead of just getting really discouraged and down, I mean, that's my default. That's what I go to in my thinking. And... Um, but, you know, and just really believing and trusting in the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks and even tonight about who God is. 
God is good, right? So all the circumstances happening in our life, even if they're not what we want, they're hard, they're challenging, they're just bad, painful, God is good, so he's going to bring good out of the situation. Um, God is God is perfect. He uh, loves us unconditionally. So no matter what we're going through, if we can hold on to those truths and hold on to him and go to him, um, he'll give us what we need to get through it. And, uh, you know, we, we need each other and to continue to grow in our relationship with God. So I would just encourage you to keep building the types of relationships that you feel like you can be completely yourself in, that you can share, you know, not all the things you're annoyed with about somebody else. You know, that's tempting sometimes. You know, you get with another friend, can you believe, you know, she said, da, 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 da. No, you don't do that. But you can share, you know, what's coming out of your heart. Um, anger or frustration or insecurity or jealousy or, you know, whatever it is. Think our relationships will bring those out. But a place where we can share those things vulnerably. Um, another thing that's helped me in conflict um, lately, I've learned this over the past year, is when I'm, you know, we when we're hurt by somebody, we want to just point a finger, you know, and let either we hold back and don't want to say anything or we just want to, you know, you said this and I feel this and you need to apologize. You know, that can be our stance sometimes. But the more that we can learn to identify what we're feeling, what we're going through, what what um, that situation is bringing up in us, the fear, the sadness, the insecurity, um, you know, our weakness, it exposes our weakness. The more that we can get comfortable with sharing what we're weak in and what we need with the person that we love, that we're having a challenge with, um, the more opportunity you're going to have to really connect and understand each other. Because that, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. But if we can be vulnerable and trust in God that if we are vulnerable, that good things will happen, you know, we'll get more connected closer, that, um, you know, it's amazing what he does through that. God says he... He um, opposes the proud, but he lifts up the humble. And his word is true no matter what, and especially in relationships. And we can really strive for humility and, we, and be vulnerable with each other. Um, it's amazing what happens. Marco and I, when we, we stop pointing fingers at each other about what we're doing that's upsetting each other and just start, start sharing what we need from each other. Um, I use one little dynamic. Okay. So, um, Marco would say every now and then, you don't encourage me enough. And I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? I didn't know you needed all this encouragement, you know. Or, or I'd be like, what? What? You know, just this defensiveness because he was coming at me with what I'm not doing, right? Well, you know, defensiveness is pride, right? But there is a, a way to talk to somebody that doesn't evoke an immediate defensive response. <laughs> and so we've, so with this particular dynamic, he's learned to say, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I need you to know right now I'm struggling with some insecurity, and, um, you know, when you, I just need more encouragement from you. You're not doing anything wrong, but I just feel like I need it more right now. When he says that to me, I'm like, oh, Marco, you are, ha, here, let me just, you know, go down the list. It's amazing. The other thing, you do, 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 I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'll give you some encouragement. Um, uh, 
But, you know, so this is just something that we've been practicing. It's a little freebie I want to share with you guys, that when you're in conflict, try thinking about, you know, what your need is, what your weakness is, what, what you personally need from your friend, whoever that is, and um, see what happens and see how that goes. But God is very faithful. And when we don't trust him and we lean on our own understanding and do things our own way and we lash out or we pull back or we guard our hearts or we put up walls or we walk away or we yell or we take revenge or we do all those things, we end up hurting ourselves and the people we love the most. But when we trust God, then we're able to obey him, right, and obey his word and do what it says. And God's word always works. If it doesn't, it's not going to change the other person. But if you put into practice God's word and trust in him, it can change your heart. And once your heart is in a great space with God, then the relationship is secondary. Does that make sense? So I, so thank you all tonight for these words on trusting God. Let's trust him. Let's obey him. And let's share with each other kind of the, the difficulties we have in really obeying God when we're hurt, where we go, and, and help each other with those things. So we have tonight. We can have some time to share about these Thanks. Thank you, Angela, for the scriptures and the, and Shireen and Joanna and um, Madi for sharing your lives. We really love and respect you so much for all you've done and for this time. Thanks so much. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.